I want to talk about something that uh, has been on my heart this week. And about six years ago, I was riding down the road in my truck, and I was, I, I guess I was kind of having a little bit of a pity party. I was just kind of, you know, I was having a frustrating time. And I'm riding down the road, and God gave me a revelation that I've never forgotten, but it was such a simple revelation. that it's, 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 it, it was kind of funny, it's like I should have known that, but, but I didn't know that. But he had to tell me in a way to where I was, I would understand what he was saying. And, and he, I've talked about this before, but I just feel the need to talk about it again this week. Um, and we'll talk about the God space. Because I was riding on the road in my truck, and I was... Have you ever, have you ever been too deep in thought? Have you ever let your mind do too much? Anybody ever think too much? And so I, I'm, I'm riding, and I'm trying to... Here's what I, what I, what I believe I'm doing. Is I think I'm trying to figure out the solution to my problems. You ever tried to figure out the solution to your problems? Yeah. Only to know that if you had the solution, you wouldn't have the problem. But I'm, I'm, I'm riding down the road and I'm trying to figure out how to fix the problem. Need fixers in here? Well, I like to fix things. Listen, my, let me tell you something. In my world, there is black and there is white. I want to get it fixed. I don't have the little, I don't have, let's fix this. But I'm, I'm trying to fix the problems in my mind. But what I'm really doing is just worrying. Ever done that? I'm, I'm, oh, I'm coming up with a solution. No, you're not. You're just worrying. And so I'm right on the road. I'm having this. And, and, and this is what the Lord spoke to me. He said, you're, you are trying to occupy my space. Get out of my job. I said, okay, well, let's talk about that then. So I pulled off the side of the road. Me and God had a conversation. And this is, the, this is what he told me. He says, the God space is the area where the need is greater than our resources or ability. The God space is the area where the need is greater than our resources or our ability. See, that's where God specializes. When we get into a situation to where our abilities or our resources fall short, and that's where we get in our heads. When we get to the place where we don't know what the solution is and we don't have the resources to meet the problem or we don't have the abilities to meet the problem, we start thinking, well, what else could I do? Anybody ever had a problem where you were, what else could I do? What else could I do? What more could I do? There's got to be something else I could figure out. Something else I could say. Someone else I could talk to. Somebody's got to have a solution. And God says you're in my space. You need to get out of my area of expertise. See, God works best when there's no real end in sight. When you can't see the solution, that's where God's at His best. When you can't figure out how things are going to work out, God says, I got this. This is where I'm good. (coughs) But there are some things that open the door to the God space being operational in our life. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. The first thing I'm going to tell you this morning about the God space, the God space requires obedience. The God space, allowing God to operate where he wants to operate requires obedience to what God has to say. See, I can't expect God to solve the situation if I'm not obedient to what he has to say. 
I can't operate, and I'm going to just be very plain with this, I can't operate in rebellion to the voice of God and expect that God is going to fix the problem. See, anytime Brandy and I have ever had problems in our marriage, it's because one or the other of us wasn't obedient to the voice of God. Yes, that's what I just said. I'm going to tell you something. I'm, I'm going to leave this right here for you. I'll just lay it here and y'all can pick it up and carry it if you want to. Or y'all can leave it laying there and continue to struggle. Difficulty in marriage is because one or both of the marriage partners are in disobedience to the voice and the word of God. Challenges in my relationships in life is because somebody is not being obedient to the direction of God. When it seems like nothing is working and God can't work, it's always because I'm not being obedient to what God has to say. Oh yeah, that felt good, didn't it? That was a whole lot of fun. I just felt that all the way up here. You know why? Because God doesn't mess up. But boy, we mess up his plan. Mm. That was fun. But the God's face requires obedience. In 1 Kings 17, 8 through 16, you know how you can read this afternoon, you ain't got to turn to it, I got too much to cover to read the whole thing. But here's what the story is. The prophet of God, Elijah, has found a place where he is. He is. He's told Ahab there's not going to be any rain, so I say it's going to rain. So there's famine in the land. There's, there's a drought in the land. And But God has told him, he said, I want you to go hang out at the brook Cherith. And I'm going to send ravens by every day, in the morning and the evening, to feed you and you drink of the water. So he's like, okay. So he's there, right? This is not really the part of the God's place. It's what it kind of ties into it. But he says, then God says, the Bible says, then the brook dried up. You know why the brook had to dry it up? That dude wasn't moving until it did. See, there's a lot of times in my life where God tells me to go do something, but I don't go do it, and so God has to have the brook dry up. Because if the brook don't dry up, I'll just camp my happy behind right there, let the ravens feed me, and I'll drink out of the brook, even though I am needed somewhere else in the kingdom of God. I allow myself to plant my feet, and I plant my behind, and it ain't going nowhere. God says, really? Watch this. Watch this. You think you ain't going nowhere? Try it without water, chief. Brook dries up. And he says, get up and go to Zarephath. For, and there's a widow there and I've commanded her to sustain you there. See, the God's face has a location. The God's face has a season. It has a what? But it has a where. And so many times in our life, we're so comfortable where we are that we're afraid to go and do something different and do something new and embrace the new, embrace the brand new. And so God says, I'm moving in this space, but where are you? Because see, as God begins to fill the space he's, He is supposed to fill, He begins to operate in that area. But if you don't come along with Him, Pastor Johnny, I just am not being able, the blessing of God just didn't know me. Things aren't going right for my life. Well, maybe you're in the wrong place. Maybe you're in the wrong place. 
mean, you know that God had provision for the man of God, but it wasn't at the broke chariot anymore. You know, God has things for our lives. God has plans and purposes for our lives. But He has places and seasons and times. And sometimes He has to shut off the brook so we'll get... Oh, why are times so hard? Because God's turned the brook off so you'll move. Sometimes life gets difficult because God's trying to get the complacency out of us. And so the prophet of God goes to Seraphath and he finds a widow. And most of y'all know the story. If you don't go read it, it's a great story. And he walks up to the widow. And the widow, I love this, because the widow in her lack of faith is trying to outrun the God space. Because God had spoke to the widow. He told, he told the prophet, he said, I have commanded a widow to provide for you there. But when Elijah got there, you know what he found when he finally got there? She was gathering sticks, trying to build a fire so she could bake her cake before he got there. She was trying to outrun what was going to be her blessing, but because she didn't believe that there was a possibility that God could show out on her behalf, she was doing everything she could to get out ahead of it. He walks up and says, what are you doing? I'm going to give me some sticks. I'm going to bake me a cake, man. Oh, dang, gummit you've got here. <laughs> you ever tried to outrun the voice of God? I have. Because you know God's calling for obedience in a certain area. He's like, if I can get there before the prophet gets there, I'll bake this cake. We'll eat this mess, and I ain't got to deal with this. See, it takes faith to operate. It takes faith to allow God to operate in the God space. Yeah. See, you can't operate, you can't allow God to operate in the God space with your hands wrapped around. <laughs> if you're choking something to death, you can't let God operate in the way that God operates. So she's like, I'm going to get this done before I'm faced with being obedient and walking this out in faith. Well, it didn't work that way. So the prophet said, hey, I'm hungry. She said, all I got left is a little bit of oil and a little bit of, little bit of flour to make enough cake so that me and my son can eat it and then we die. Boy, what faith. Y'all think we know negative people. She's like, hey, there's famine in the land, there's drought in the land. I got just enough in the house. I'm going to make me and my boy a couple of pancakes and then we're going to die. And then the prophet of God said this to him. He said, I need you to make me one first. That had to be hard. You got to understand, man. Prophet's kid, belly's full. He'd been eating what the ravens brought. He had plenty to drink. And she hadn't eaten hardly anything at all. She's got a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil. He said, hey, cook mine first. Hey, cook mine first. But see, he understood something about the God space that you got to understand. The God space is released when a seed is sown. Do you know you cannot be walking in faith if you're afraid to sow seed? Everybody says, I'm having faith. You are, show me your seed. You're having faith, show me your seed. You know how I know that a farmer has faith? Plant seed. Buries it in the ground. Because he is giving God something to work with and something to put his hand to that he multiplies and that he increases. 
But if you're unwilling to plant a seed, you're never going to release God to operate in the God space. So the prophet said, you need more than what you have. You need God to put his hand. You need God to put his hand on what you have. So what you have is not harvest. What you have is seed. If in your life, what you are and what you have is not enough to meet the need, then you've got to take what you have. And you've got to sow what you have so that then God can operate. Amen. See, if you think you're not enough, you've got to take what you are and you've got to plant it. In the kingdom of God. So that God can operate in that space that only He can operate in. And He can take what you are, multiply that, and put it back. See, God doesn't get you more resources and ability because He just hands it to you. God grows it. See, you become more of what you need to be to fulfill what God calls you to by planting what you have. Y'all got to hear me. You gotta plant what you have and then let God increase who you are and what you have. If you got a dollar in your pocket right now, you have enough to meet every financial need you have. (gasps) No, I don't. Yeah, you do. Because when you plant a dollar, the God's face happens. We were working out in the garden yesterday. My, I'm, I'm, I'm excited because my garden's coming in. And Jason always says, I'll show you pictures like they're my kids. I will, man. Yeah. I like my plants. Yeah. i got a pretty garden. Yeah. Well, we were out there doing my least favorite thing in the garden. We weren't weeding. Weeding don't bother me. I don't mind weeding. We were picking green beans. Now, I love green beans. They're delicious. But them rascals, they get up under everything. And when you six foot four, God don't build you for green bean picking. <laughs> He hire some of his children. They already loaded the ground. But now I like to eat green beans. Just like last night. Mm. Last night we had olive oil, salt, pepper, roasted, fresh green beans, and Brussels sprouts. Grilled. I had grilled fresh squash and zucchini. You didn't pick up green beans, did you? <laughs> But I was, while we're picking those green beans, God has to tell me certain things so I don't get frustrated while I'm having to be down there picking green beans. And yesterday, I think we picked the first pickings of the green beans. We picked about 40 pounds of green beans. But here's the interesting part about that. It come out of less than a quarter pound of seed. I can tell you this, a quarter pound of green bean seed is not enough for me to eat and be full. But once God does what God does. Yes. See, the Bible, the Bible says that the person sows and they plant. And it, it says they sow, they sow in the ground. And it says then the farmer or the person who sows, it says they sleep and they rise. And they sleep and they rise. And this is the part of that thing we have to understand. It says, and the ground. And the ground produces, we know not how. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you don't even catch that. He yeah. says, once you plant the seed, the ground produces. Once I plant myself, if I'm not enough, once I plant myself in the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God in me begins to produce. I don't have to know how. Yeah. See, you've been stuck. I've been stuck and I'm doing what God says so many times because I don't know how. Who said you have to know how? Yeah. You just got to be obedient and willing. 
So the widow woman, she goes and she gets the oil and she gets the flour and she makes a cake for the prophet of God. And he eats it. Boy, he had to have faith. Because otherwise he had to feel like the biggest jerk in the world. Hey lady, bring me the last of your food. Y'all imagine? But the Bible says this, it says once he ate his cake, she went back to the barrel of flour, the barrel of meal. And it said as long as the famine and the drought was in the land, it says the bear of meal never wasted and the oil never run out. Y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. She planted what she did have. And it said from then on, she went, my dad used to say she wasn't scraping the bottom. He said he believed every time she went in there, she went down to her elbow in the the barrel. And it never waned. The oil never waned. Because the God space, where God, God occupied what she could not do. God occupied what the prophet could not do. When she was willing to open the door. See, when you sow a seed in faith, what you're doing is opening the door for God to move in. You're opening the opportunity for God to move in and do supernatural things. You ever been in a situation where only a supernatural fix was going to work? Yes. See, you can walk through this to where you sit around in your situation and you can complain all you want to. And nothing's going to change. Or you can eat the last cake and make it with the last bit of oil and then you can die. Or, or, you can sow it. Or you can release the situation into the hands of God. A few more things. Let me just. Now we're going to dive into the sermon. I ain't going to be still. Because I'm going to give you everything you need and I'm going to put it. That God's face is entered through the revealing of the Word of God. What do you need when you don't know what you need? You need a Word from God. What do you need when you don't know what you need? You need a Word from God. You need a Word from God. See, you can't even see where God is working unless you get a Word from God. The, the, the door opens. The, the revelation of that God's face happens whenever you receive and are revealed to you the word of God. So the Bible says in the last days there will be a famine for the word of God. You know what's not preached in our churches today? The word of God. Some silly variations preached in it. And that's what it is. Half of what's taught, half of what's preached in churches right now in the world is foolishness. It's foolishness. It's me, 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 me. Listen, take something. If you don't ever get a word from God that challenges your heart, if you don't ever get a word from God that makes you feel like you're not quite getting there yet, you're not getting words from God. There's going to be time where God has to speak directly to you and says, hey, that ain't it, yo. That ain't it. 
2 Kings verse 4. Now the wife of a son of the prophets cried to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord, but the creditor has come to take my two sons to be his slaves. Boy, that's serious. That's serious. See, we can't, we can't really sometimes identify with the way things were during the Bible times. So you said, hey, if you owed somebody money and you couldn't pay them, they take, they take your kids, they take your wife, they take anything you have to pay the debt. And this woman said, I've lost my husband and they fixed to take my boys. I don't know what to do. I got to be honest with you, Mom, I've never had a problem that serious in my life. I'm just telling you, I, I, I can get all crying thinking my problems are terrible. I ain't never had one that serious. I've been through some bad stuff in my life. Nothing like that. Nothing like I ain't got enough money to pay my creditors and they will take my kids. I mean, it's probably days clear of a giving them at least one of them. <laughs> some pay both of them, she said. <laughs> just depends on what. <laughs> just depends on what day they caught you on. What they've been up to that day. He said, they're coming to take my two sons. And Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? What shall I do for you, he said. Y'all ever had God ask you that question? Oh, me. Yeah. I'm complaining and whining. God said, what do you want me to do? What shall I do for you? See, because God's not, God's not the God of just letting you sit there and cry. He's not. God's not that guy where, oh, God's no way of your body. What's the solution? Oh, I just, no, no, not a little, I just, what, what shall I do for you? And he said, tell me what you have of sell value in the house. Now that had to be a weird question. She had to think, sir, you're not listening. I just told you, I'm so poor, I'm so broke, I'm fixed to have to have my son sold to slavers because I can't even pay to keep my kids. See, God will ask questions like that sometimes too. You're like, ain't you listening, God? I've been telling you for ten minutes how bad it is. <laughs> what shall I do for you? Tell me what you have of sell value in the house. And she said, your handmaid has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. She said, I don't have anything in the house except I got a little seed. Amen. I got a little seed. Yeah. Amen. It's not enough. But I got a little seed. I got a little something. Prophet of God, speaking the word of God to her, said, what do you have in the house? What do you have in the house? What do you, see, you'll never be able to walk and operate in the place of that God space if you don't realize you got to have a little something in the house. Yeah. But see, we get so stuck. I don't have anything. Woe is me. Everything's terrible. And then the Spirit of God begins to remind you, but you got this. 
I'll never forget when mom and daddy were in New Orleans. I told you all this story before, but daddy was praying, telling God didn't have no money. He needed money. Trying to build inner city work. And God said to him, Son, I want you to give away everything you have. Dad said, I think you misunderstood me. <laughs> I'm down here because I ain't got nothing. And while he was praying, God began to show him things that he had. He said, well, you got an old green car. You got golf clubs. You got golf shoes. Gave away everything. I mean, literally, he asked to borrow Uncle Butch's car one time. Uncle Butch said, now listen, I'm alone with you, but you can't give it away. <laughs> they gave away everything in the house except the beds. I'll tell you the rest of the story in a minute. Some of y'all know about that in a minute. Your handmaid has nothing except a jar of oil. And he, then he said, here's the word from God. Here's the word from God. Go around and borrow vessels from all your neighbors. Empty vessels and not a few. He said, go, she didn't told him. He said, y'all go around and borrow every pot. That you can borrow. Go get everything you find. That might hold oil. And don't just go borrow a couple. See because what happens in the God space. Is life and things and vision expands. See the God space is not a small area. God is not the giver of small things. God is the giver of every perfect and if you read that in the Amplifier, it says large and full. That word perfect there means large and full. God is the, He gives good and perfect yes. gifts. Yes. So don't, don't, don't think you're going to be walking around and you're going to end up in the God space and it's going to be this little small thimble thing. God doesn't do that. God makes oceans. Yes. Man digs ponds. We think we've made a nice big dirt hill somewhere and then you look at the mountains that God makes. If you ever want to notice the difference between us and God, there it is. Oh, look, we made a skyscraper. God says, hey, look, I made a 13,000 foot tall mountain. Yay for you and your skyscraper. And when you come in, shut the door upon you and your sons. Alright, now you got to get this. Everybody don't have faith to operate with you in the God space. Amen. Amen. He said, go more the vessels than go in the house and shut the door. Because in the God space, you may have to do some things that are a little weird. You may have to do some things that are a little out there. And you don't need people who have unbelief standing around saying, what are you doing that for? Amen. What are you doing that for? What are you doing all in pots? Why'd you go borrow all in pots? How do you know that people will walk with you through your misery, but most people won't stand with you when you're trying to have faith? People will climb all up in there with you when you're operating in doubt and unbelief, man. You can have a whole group of people sitting around talking about how bad it is. But let one person stand up and say, For sirs, I believe God, and you'll find yourself standing at the end of the boat on your own. 
says, you and your sons, take the people that this matters to. You don't need everybody's opinion. Take the people that got a little bit of skin in the game. See, if you believe in God for something big, you need to get some people around you who's got some skin in the game. Let me just tell you something. The three people who really wanted this to work was in that room. You need to have people around you that are believing with you because it matters to them. Don't you say, why do you say that? Don't go share your business with everybody. Don't go ask just everybody to pray. Because all you end up doing is telling your business and if they ain't praying, then they just end up gossiping. Pull people into your circle that it matters to. It mattered to them two boys in that moment. They had some significant, important things going on in that room to them. Said, shut the door upon you and your sons, then pour out the oil you have into all those vessels, setting aside each one when it is full. God doesn't fill halfway. He is the God of more than enough. So you know how I know whenever the God space is being occupied? Because it's full and overflowing. My abilities have limitations. My resources have limitations. But just so you always know that in the God space there's no limitation to resources, He always puts a little extra. He always puts a little extra. So watch this. So she went, as she went from him and shut the door upon herself and her sons, who brought to her the vessels as she poured the oil. Now, she was fixing to endeavor into a situation to where if God didn't show up based on the word of the Lord, she was going to have a very short day with a bunch of empty pots. It took real faith to do this because what uh, in, in, in the natural, she's going to take a small pot of oil and pour it into a big one. But she had heard and received a word from God. See, if you're going to operate in the God space, you've got to learn how to stand on the word of God. Whenever he doesn't look right, when everything doesn't look normal, you still are standing on the word of God. When your body don't feel healed, you're still standing on the Word of God. When your finances still look empty, you're still standing on the Word of God. When you're anxious when you shouldn't be, you're still standing on the Word of God. That's where the God space operates. is right there where His Word is given, but then where His Word is received. See, what happens is God wants to operate over here. Come here, Al. And now standing right here, right here. And what happens is, God wants to operate over here, but what opens the ability for God to operate in the supernatural is the Word of God. Stay right there, woman. The spoken Word of God is what releases the supernatural. It always has been. In Genesis, the Bible says that God said and what? God saw. God said, God saw. So when the Word of God is released, it operate comes from the supernatural into the natural. But for it to operate in your life, the word must be given. But you stand right here as the gatekeeper. And so when that word is released, there's all this area where you can't fill up. 
where you're limited, where your resources are limited. But you're standing there, and when that word was released to that widow woman, had she not have received it, then there would have never been a door open for God to fill that space. You say, what's stopping God from doing the miraculous? Me. Me. Because once the word is given, the word must be received. And when the word is received, the door swings open. And all this stuff behind Al that he couldn't do nothing with, God comes in and God fills up and God overflows. And you just stand there thinking, what happened there? You just received the word of the Lord. You received the word of the Lord. And so she went in there and started pouring over. And then I love this part of the story. When all the vessels were, were, were when the vessels were all full. She said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not a one left. Then, then the oil stopped. If she'd have had enough pot, she'd still be pouring oil today. Because the thing about God's faith is God is always more than you will ever need. And he is an unending supply. It said, once you run out of vessels, let me tell you something. If you, if God begins to pour out into your life, what will limit you is your capacity to receive. It is never God's ability to give. He'll fill it up as long as you give him vessels to fill up. He'll operate in your life in the supernatural as long as you're willing to let him operate in the supernatural. But it says, he, she said, boy, go give me another vessel. He said, we have one. We done run out of pots. And that little old jar of oil, still just as full as it ever was. That's the God's face. That's the God's face. Would you say she was just a little bit out of her ability and resources? Maybe just beyond, just a scope beyond her ability and resources for the answers she needed. But God says, fear not. You're going to hear a word from the Lord. And when you receive that word from the Lord, I'm going to multiply what you have in the house. What do you have in the house? What do you have in you that needs to be multiplied? If you've got a mustard seed worth of faith. Come on. Come on. See, I operate in a multitude of fear. God operates in a multitude of faith. All I got to have is just a little bit. That's why when a man came to Jesus, he said, Lord, I believe, but help thou my unbelief. He said, here's my seed of belief. See, this morning, if you got a seed of belief, you ain't got to have all you need. You don't have to have every bit of the faith that you're ever going to need, but you already have all the faith you're ever going to need. Because if all you got is a seed, That much. That much. But the Bible says a little in the hands of the righteous. Because that much. And so the prophet tells him this. Then she came and told the man of God. He said, go sell the oil, pay your debt, and you and your sons live on the rest. When the God's face was filled by God Almighty, it paid all the debt off, and her and her sons lived the rest of their lives. The rest of their lives on what was left. We sit around and try to figure out what God is doing. 
or worse yet, how God's going to do it. And God says, you are way above your pay grade. You take what you have, you give me what you have, and I will multiply what you have. You give me the resources you have and stand back. You give me the abilities that you have and stand back. And we're all over there saying, but if I was just better at this, God says, you're good enough at it if you put it in my hands. You're plenty good enough at it if you'll put it in my hands. Because once God takes it and puts it in His hands, He does the same thing Jesus did with the feeding of 5,000. He breaks it. And then He multiplies it. See, God never touches anything that He doesn't multiply. Now, y'all have heard me. God never touches anything. Anything that he doesn't multiply. But the beautiful thing is when God multiplies it, he puts it, he puts it in a situation to where it multiplies for generation after generation after generation after generation. What happens in the God space is he makes that multiplicity eternal. And it creates legacy. And it moves beyond anything that we could ever imagine. Well, we're over there saying, if I could only. If only I was better at this. If only I had more of this. If only I had more of this. Because of the space that God can fill and only God can fill, I'm going to tell you something this morning and take this with you if you don't take anything else. You have everything and are everything you will ever need or ever need to be. You are richly increased with all things and everything you will ever need to be or ever need to have. You're right. You just simply have to be willing to put it in God's hands. Amen. I'll stand with you. Y'all to get something from that? Y'all ain't trying. That's all I got for you. Give what God gives you. This week I want you to do something for me. Instead of praying for what you think you need, ask God what you already have. Instead of spending all week long telling God you need, ask Him what you see. See, if you'll change that around, stop saying, God, this is my need, start saying, God, what is my seed? What can I put in? What can I plant? What can I give you? What can I put in your hands? What 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 are what are my what are my five loaves and two fishes? What's my cruise of oil? What's my little bit of flour and oil, God? What is it? What is it in this situation? What is it that you need me to surrender to you? What about me can, that I can surrender to you that you can then take and develop and grow and mature and make me everything to meet the challenges there? Okay, you know, if God's calling you to something, He's already built you for it. But sometimes what that means is you've got to surrender who you are so that God can build you into everything you need to be for the battle. When they get guys into basic training, they're not built for battle. They're not ready. That's why they don't take them right off the bus, hand them a gun and say, go get them, boys. Bobby, when you went into basic training, you wasn't ready, were you? But what was in you 
What was in you was enough and more than enough to be ready to meet the challenge. But once someone who knew how to shape you, once somebody who knew how to mold you got their hands to you, they begin to pull out and to shape and to grow and to mature everything that was already in you to create from this knucklehead that got off of a bus into a soldier who was ready to go and do the job he was called to. See, when your creator who made you, when he gets a hold of you, he knows everything he needs to do, the tweaks that need to be made, the changes that need to be made, what needs to be added to, what needs to be taken away from, so that whenever he puts you in that situation, you are built for it. But you can't do that on your own. Do you know that you and I cannot make ourselves ready for the challenge God has for us? Only God can make you ready for it's God who teaches you how to be a mama. Let me tell you something. It ain't built in somebody to be a mama. Look around the world. They're some sorry ones. You say, you can't say, sure I can say that. Y'all all see it? They're some sorry mamas in this world. But this little lady right here, every day it's God taking what she says. You know what? I want to be the best mom I can. And she hands it to him. And God has built her into every time you see her. She's a better mama than she was last week. Because God is building that in her. God gave her this little boy to raise. And he's building her the ability to do what she needs to do. That's how God operates. That's how God operates. Listen, if you would have told me when my son was born that I could be a decent dad, I would have told you, you're crazy. I knew me. I was a knucklehead. But I said, God, I ain't got the foggiest idea how to do this. I have no idea how to do this. So I'm going to give you the best I got. And I learned through some lumps on the head. And some get up and let me and you go some more, son. And God pulling me along. Because it's God who knows how to mold us. Who knows how to shape us. Say, why do you say all that? I say say this. Quit worrying. Quit worrying. Quit trying to figure out how you're going to fix it. Because I got news for you. You're not. (coughs) I'm going to give you the best piece of news and the worst piece of news that you can get today. Depending on how you choose to think. You're incapable of fixing your problems. It is the best piece of news you will ever get if you'll surrender it to God. It's the worst piece you're ever going to get if you're going to hold on to it. Because you hold on to it, try as hard as you want to, and you are still incapable of fixing your problems. But there's that space where God dwells. Where God dwells. Put your hand in the next to you. Pray God. Lord, we love you this morning. We thank you for who you are, God. Thank you for your word, God, that's a lamp into our feet, a light into our path, God. Lord, that we would take, receive that word into our hearts and grow and become everything, God, that you mean for it to become. That it would be a revelation to us, God. Revelation knowledge. Lord, I just speak blessings over your people this morning, God. Lord, I thank you because you've made your people to be the head and not the tail, God, above and not beneath. God, we are the blessing of the Lord. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That you have plans and purposes and destinies for each of us, God. Lord, that you would give us the courage 
The courage it takes, Lord, to surrender that to you. Lord, that we would find the seed, God. Lord, that you would show each of us what we have in the house, for every situation and every circumstance. What we have, what we have, we can give to you, God. Lord, we just love you and praise you. We thank you for who you are in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hug someone's neck and you can be this man.